Coffee is one of the most widely consumed beverages and a top source of caffeine. Globally, we drink over 2.25 billion cups each day. And while our love of coffee is undeniable, there's a tinge of old school thinking that it's unhealthy to pour a second cup. But as it turns out, we need to ditch our coffee guilt because it actually has a wide range of health benefits. And this applies to your mental health. What type of coffee is best? In today's episode, we look at six different types of coffee to decide which one's best for your mental wellness. Let's dive in. Today we are talking about one of my favorite beverages, coffee. Yes, it is one of your favorite beverages. You are often late to the recording studio because you stop to get coffee. Correct. But you also, you also get it for the rest of us here, so we really can't be mad at you. But even when we record in the afternoon, I will stop and go get some coffee. Yeah. So apparently I am not the only human who <clears throat> loves their coffee. Around, like statistically speaking, 62% of people consume coffee as their daily beverage preference. And then globally... We consume 2.25 billion cups of coffee a day. Wow. Yeah, it's the most widely consumed beverage, coffee is globally, and it is the primary source of caffeine globally. But because we are the Happy Eating Podcast, we are not just going to talk about our love of coffee today. We are going to talk about whether or not coffee is helpful for your mental health yeah because I feel like for so long people have felt a little tinge of guilt over coffee or getting that second or third cup yeah and you know when looking at this research that we pulled for today and then I've written a couple of articles over the past year on caffeine or coffee there's really no reason to be feeling guilty in fact you might want to pat yourself on the back Correct. But we're going to talk about, you know, what the best coffees are. Is that caffeinated or decaf? Is that light roast, dark roast? Is that these coffees blended with these new mushroom powders? Which that That's all you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> bulletproof coffee, is that it? So that's what we're covering today. Have you tried bulletproof coffee before? Oh, yeah. I used to drink it. Oh. I learned something new about you today. Yeah, I did. I couldn't, as a dietitian, I couldn't put the full tablespoon of butter and the full tablespoon of MCT oil in there. I just, but I had, I put a little and it made a difference. Hmm. Well, I was on fire. Maybe I need to try some of that again with my brown noise in the mornings. Exactly. Oh, I just don't <laughs> text me, okay? Put me on like the block list or I'll put you on the block list when that happens because yeah. I can imagine the ideas that you would start sending me. Mm-hmm. They'd be amazing, but you would blow my phone up. I'm not a big Bulletproof coffee fan. I have tried it a couple of times. If it requires like an acquired taste, I just haven't given it a fair shake. I've also tried the mushroom coffees. Still, I struggle with those too. Yeah, I don't plan on trying those. I would rather get that kind of supplemental nutrition in, not in my coffee. Yeah. But that's just a personal choice. Okay, this is a side note. Mushrooms are really on my nerves. And they're going to be huge this year. They, I, it's they ever sh- since you got that weird squiggly looking worm uh, at that restaurant. Yes. It was like a miniature squid. It, oh, 
But I'm I'm just tired of seeing mushroom stuff in the media. Yeah. And I, I don't really think that mushrooms are going to be the cure for No, but they things. are a good trend to look at for right yeah, now. Yeah, and it's going to be big this year. And I'm just going to tell you it's going to get on my nerves. Might be a rant towards the end of the year on mushrooms. Okay. Okay, that's the end. Sorry. No, that was great. Okay, so you did say how there tends to be this, like, guilt about coffee. And until, like, the 90s, major health organizations had actually said that coffee could potentially be carcinogenic. So I don't know if that's where... Isn't that crazy now? It is. look back at Because now they found it the complete opposite. Like, it can lower your risk of some cancers, like colon, prostate, melanoma, liver cancer. Like, <clears throat> I mean, that is the polar opposite. But again, a lot of people that you and I know grew up or were raised by parents who lived in the era of coffee might not be that healthy. Um, Now, if you're up to date on your science about coffee, even if you're not, I'm sure you've seen headlines that coffee has some really favorable effects on the brain. So they found that drinking coffee regularly can protect against cognitive decline, dementia, and even Alzheimer's. Well, even that little perk I get in the morning, you know, that makes me feel sometimes just a tad more together. Seriously. <laughs> that boosts my... <laughs> that boosts your mood right there. That boosts my mood right there. Yeah. Um, I gained something I didn't have. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So... Basically, like, we're going to talk through the research a little bit more specifically, although thanks every every listener can thank Carolyn because we culled the amount of studies because I went down some rabbit holes. Thank you for doing that. But I was like, Riley, we right. got we to gotta pare this down. This is too many. Bottom um, line. But generally, drinking coffee, there is an inverse relationship between drinking coffee and depression. A lot of the research really when it comes to mental health and coffee was pretty specific to depression. Yeah, most of it. And what this means is as coffee drinking goes up, your risk of depression goes down. Yes. That's pretty huge. It is. Okay, I'm going to let you share a few of your the results from a few studies. And then you're going to cut me off, right? Okay. All right. So... We've talked probably before about the Nurses' Health Study, but to remind people, it's, like, done by Harvard researchers. It looked at tens of thousands of women, like 50,000 women, and they followed them Is for it still going 25 on? years. I think there's a new version of it. Oh. Um, but I don't know if it's, like, offspring or family. Do you have to be a nurse? What? Well, at the time you did. Okay. But I'm okay, not anyway, sure. Sorry, I should know this because um, I have cited this study yeah, numerous many times. times. But you needed to be a nurse in the nurse's health study. So anyway, what they found was that drinking, this is the, the language, at least four cups of coffee a day had a 20% or nurses that did had a 20% reduced risk of depression compared to the other women in the study who drank little or no coffee. Bam. Now, yeah. and remember, this is 50,000 women they looked at and over a 25-year period. Yes. So, like, a really good study, right? Like, a lot of numbers, yeah. a long period of time. All right. Then they did another one in men, um, a large number of men, about 40. 
3,000 men, and they found that those who drank two to three cups of coffee a day, so a different number now, what had a 50% lower risk of suicide. We haven't talked That's about... That's crazy. Yeah, right? I know. We haven't talked a lot about suicide, but but suicide is particularly high in men. Like, it, it men are more likely to um, be suicidal than women, just yeah. st- statistically speaking. So that's, like, that's pretty impressive. And farmers in particular, from what you've told me. Correct. Male we are going to get to that. Yes. Bradley really wants to do an episode on suicidal tendency in male farmers. Well, just because <laughs> I think it's so interesting that the people who grow our food have a high risk of suicide and we get on this podcast and talk all the time about what we what we eat and true. drink is going to help you. But the very people who are producing it have, like, these really high rates of suicide. Yeah. You're right. You're right. But uh, but still, we're working on it. Anyway. Um, so why is coffee so beneficial? This is where Carolyn is cutting me off. So most experts think it's due to the anti-inflammatory and antioxidant properties of the compounds in coffee particularly the there's so many antioxidants in coffee and I don't know if this is good or sad but Americans get more of their antioxidants from coffee than any other dietary source I think that says a lot about our diet but I'm glad we're getting some from coffee yeah 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 and then if you're wondering like how coffee compares antioxidant wise to like foods um it is ranked 11 um, like the most powerful antioxidant properties um right behind several types of berries we always talk about how berries are like Uh chock full of antioxidants Uh and we also know how much carolyn loves her some strawberries and some wild blueberries yes so one of the primary, um, the com- a big group of compounds that have antioxidant properties are known as polyphenols. Polyphenols appear to stop free radical damage that could potentially generate inflammation, but some also block the production of inflammatory compounds um, and like cancer that like lead to other genes. Conditions. Yeah, that could lead to other things. The other thing, so we now we've got the benefit of like the anti-inflammatory, antioxidative, antioxidative properties. I cannot speak very well today. The other thing too is that coffee apparently gives the gut microbiome these nutrients that are, you know, really good for it. Basically, like it feeds those gut microbiome. They eat it up and convert it into something else. Yet, blah, I did blah, not blah. know that. That is good for a healthy microbiome. I didn't either. I, I had, I really had not, did not know that. And I mean, I feel like every time we talk about things that are good for your gut microbiome, if it's not a probiotic or like a food with probiotics, we're talking about things that are like full of fiber and coffee doesn't, Coffee gets things going in the morning, but it does not have fiber in it. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I always forget, too, that caffeine itself has positive effects. Right. So we have all these antioxidants already, but then you have caffeine, which has a lot of positive side effects. In fact, um, the main compound in caffeine, I think it's caffeic acid, is actually an antioxidant. Um, Yeah. 
hit me up with all the antioxidants. I know. I know. Sorry, I've been researching antioxidants for a work project. Oh, I believe it because it's all related to inflammation. <laughs> Did you guys know, listeners, that Carolyn has two cookbooks on inflammation? <laughs> yes. Okay, so along those lines of caffeine being a benefit, right, mm-hmm. uh, in the coffee for your depression risk. One study actually looked more specifically at the milligrams of coffee, and they found that the risk of depression went down faster um, when your, like, caffeine consumption was between 68 milligrams a day and 509 milligrams a day, which those are super specific numbers, but, you know, there's, like, anywhere from, like, 100 to 200 um Sorry, it's more like 200 milligrams in an actual 8-ounce cup of coffee. So really what they're saying in here is anywhere from a half to two cups in this particular study was valuable. I was thinking some coffees even had as low as like 120. They could. Yeah. They totally could. So let's, let's don't tell people they have to have a half cup. Let's just say they can have one to three or four cups. How about that? Yeah. Well, okay. So my whole point, though, when going over this one was it was like the range that the research shows is huge, right? Because we started with one study that said at least four cups. And then we've got another that like maybe equates to a half a cup, which is a sad, sad thing. So, But what it definitely shows is you don't need to have – you don't need to not have any. Correct. You need coffee. Yes. And like it seems like when you look at – the bulk of the research, the range is anywhere from one to four cups is going to be good for your mental health, specifically as it relates to depression. Now, if I ever told anybody that they should only drink half a cup of coffee, I hope you throw a hard object at my head. <laughs> I would love to see somebody tell you that in the morning. <laughs> okay, what about decaf coffee? Because decaf coffee still has some caffeine in it. Just much less. So what did you find on decaf coffee? Well, one of the studies that we looked at basically found that there wasn't any association between drinking decaf coffee and lowering your risk of depression. Um, And, I mean, decaf coffee has so little caffeine in Mm -hmm. it that it must – like a lot of the other other research generally about the health benefits of coffee – talk about the synergistic effect of the caffeine with the antioxidants um and so i'm just venturing a guess that when you take out one of the compounds it just isn't going to have even if it the same synergistic effect right and and even if it had a potential benefit it might not be a significant enough benefit to register in a scientific study yeah yeah. So, I mean... Caffeine is key, then, in that combination. Yeah. And... But that said, it really is the coffee and potentially the tea. We haven't looked at tea, but um, but it's not like drinking, like, a cola, right? Or drinking an energy drink or something yeah. along the those cola lines. cola and energy drink do not have all those antioxidant compounds, and they also have your added sugar, and then... Yeah. They have those things that could actually, yeah. like, stoke your poor mood yes yes okay so what type of coffee is best for your brain best for your mental health yeah so first decaf versus caffeinated Mm -hmm. caffeine wins caffeine wins 
and one to four cups it looks like is kind of and that's really the ideal range for caffeine um caffeine intake recommendations they vary but most people i mean everybody has a slight different sensitivity to it so but most people can handle one two four um and that's considered safe consumption according to the dietary guidelines actually really Mm -hmm. fantastic i know i love random things uh you have picked up yes yeah so okay bulletproof coffee yeah, I used to drink Bulletproof coffee. But tell first... us why you drank it. Like, did you drink it for mental health or did you drink it for I something else? I drank it when I first got started fasting. Oh, and yes. And the, so technically, so Bulletproof coffee is you put the, I guess, unofficial recipe is you put a tablespoon of butter and a tablespoon of MCT oil in your black coffee. Mm-hmm. And um, some say that it promotes additional fat burning while you are in the fasting mode. Yes, you're taking in fat, which technically breaks your fast from a food perspective, but fat fat does not trigger an insulin response. So your body metabolically still acts like it's fasting. Fasting. Yes. So I drank it, and because that fat gives you a lot of satiety. Now, I could not, I guess this is a dietitian in me, I could not go as far as using a whole tablespoon of butter and a whole tablespoon of MCT oil. I think I usually use like a teaspoon of butter and like one to one and a half teaspoons of MCT oil, and that was plenty. Yeah. And that fat really helps satiety when you are fasting um and we know that fasting actually does have benefits on your mental wellness as well and just your general cognitive function but there's also i should say intermittent fasting the guy i can't remember the guy's name but he coined the whole bulletproof coffee line and the concept of bulletproof coffee but there is some thought that it optimizes brain performance Mm mm-hmm and I have to say, I, I I did feel, my brain did feel a little optimized <laughs> when I drank it those mornings. I can see that, especially because there's also that thing, of that, that concept that I feel like I'm hearing more and more about lately is um, like ketones mm-hmm. and ketosis also has some brain Positive benefits. brain benefits. Yeah. So... Okay, but when we looked specifically at the concept of bulletproof coffee for mental health, there really wasn't a lot. Like, we found a study on MCT oil for anxiety in rats. Yeah. And this doesn't mean it doesn't have a positive effect. There's just really no legit research really looking at it in depth. Yes. Um, Most of it seems to be kind of anecdotal and from Mr. Bulletproof. Right. And also, you were reading about how when you add milk to coffee, it kind of it dampens the amount of polyphenols that your body mm-hmm. absorbs. And so, again, like shot in the dark here, but yeah, does butter do the does same butter thing? do the same thing? That's a great question. And if it does, then I, I mean, I just would say clearly we can't say bulletproof coffee is beneficial or your homemade version of it is beneficial for mental health. Yeah. But also I would say I just wouldn't even, I I personally just wouldn't really try it for 
my mental health. I would try well, it for other you reasons. Know, now that I have matured and I'm drinking black coffee, I yes. really find that black coffee just by itself it's is just delicious. Gets me, you know, gets me through fasting. Yeah. So, okay, mushroom coffee, Briarly. This is all you. Okay, so there are a few brands out there. Um, have you tried any? I have. I have tried the brand Four Sigmatic. Um, and I would say that it's fine. I would. Is it like a powder? Yes. It's a powder, um, that has basically ground up, like dehydrated and ground up mushrooms Mm -hmm. in it. And then, um, instant coffee. Oh, so the, it comes as like a coffee drink the powder you don't just add the powder to your coffee no you buy the coffee with the mushroom powder in it yes gotcha yes how does does it taste a lot different um it has an earthy taste to it and it doesn't have a dirt to me (laughs) or you could call it dirt (laughs) i prefer the term earthy (laughs) um and i it's been a little while but i remember that the mouthfeel wasn't as um velvety as it was coffee not grainy but it was it wasn't gritty or grainy it just was thinner like the overall like it it was like I would almost equate it to drinking like a fat free or skim milk versus like a two percent you know like it just generally feels like thinner do you still have some of this at your house I might I would like for you to make will a cup oh my gosh and let him think even it's real if I coffee. don't I would buy some and have him do it just and do see. it just yeah. to see what happens oh my gosh and video it all yeah. right you're on I'll do and it don't tell him um I get advertisements on Instagram for mud water and I think that some of the um I think that they also blend some mushrooms into their of course I do coffee mixes I don't even know what I mean and they call is. it now mud it's going to show up on my Instagram it thank is. you you're welcome you're welcome <laughs> um Anyway, so there there are uh, more than there's more than one brand out there. It seems that most of the coffee blends with mushrooms have like reishi, chaga, lion's mane, and cordyceps. I never know if I'm saying those correctly. I've got lion's mane. I feel comfortable with that one. Um, and you and I have talked on the podcast before about um, adaptogens. Yeah. I guess mushroom powders could be like an adaptogen. Yeah, they could be considered an adaptogen. Um, So I didn't find much Mm -hmm. on the mushrooms. You know, if if I'm remembering correctly, I really hope I am, that when you and I looked into adaptogens in general, we found a lot of the mental health benefits were coming from ashwagandha, which is not a mushroom. Um, But anyway, I did find one very obscure piece of research that looked at what was called spore powder. And it gave me like the Latin name that I then had to go look up. And it was spore powder of the reishi mushroom. And it said that it could help lessen anxiety and depression, but it was in breast cancer patients. So my whole point is, Let again. Let tell you what. <clears throat> if I'm diagnosed with breast cancer and I'm going through treatment and I'm depressed, I'm getting me a good over-the-counter, I mean, a good <laughs> prescription antidepressant i'm not drinking any mushroom tea in hopes that it works or mushroom coffee whatever it is 
I I think that that is a legitimate request. <laughs> I hope we never cross that path. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Um, but anyway. You, you this, said this mush- is like yeah. similar to me as the bulletproof coffee. Like there could be some benefits, but if a black cup of coffee is your jam, you don't need to be drinking these necessarily for your mental wellness. Now, this is I kind of put bulletproof coffee above mushroom coffee as having more potential. Yes, not necessarily all that fat. I mean, but the MCTs. The medium chain triglycerides, you know, when you're fasting, that kind of thing. So, yes, even though there's if we had to rank even them. less research on that. Yeah, I kind of put the potential for bulletproof above mushroom coffee. Well, the other thing too about mushroom coffee that I forgot, and I'm just seeing it in our notes here, is that they're typically lower in caffeine than regular coffee because they're mixing. She got mushroom powder taking up taking up some space. Yeah. So, and it's not they don't add caffeine to those Mm. and also we haven't seen anything that says like added caffeine it's really again synergistic effects god i just love that word okay light or dark roast yeah you gotta take this one away take this away okay so roasting is what is done to the coffee beans are harvested and they're green and it is the roasting process that brings out their aroma and their flavor and roasting causes chemical changes when the beans are brought up to high temperatures. And you end up with either a light, a medium, or a dark roast, depending on the time and the temperature that those beans were roasted. Mm-hmm. Um, so your higher temps, your longer roasting results in darker roast. So it's kind of it's kind of mixed. Um they say that the temperature changes to the compounds in the beans affect not only the coffee smell and taste, but also its antioxidant properties. And they say lighter roast have an advantage in the fact that they have more polyphenols in them, those key antioxidants. Um, if you the darker roast, that longer roasting process decreases. The number of polyphenols mm-hmm. but on the flip side um the longer roasting increases antioxidant activity in the beans so even though you've got less polyphenols you've got more antioxidant yeah, activity yeah um, and both are important in the world of yeah. science antioxidant activity is important but so is the quantity antioxidants and polyphenols. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of mixed. I kind of think you can't go wrong. Um, light or dark, do what you like. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I am a big dark coffee drinker, and I work with a fair amount of light coffee drinkers. Mm-hmm. And here's the advantage. They're always battling for the light coffee, and I just have no problem getting my dark coffee. My there dark you go. roast. There you go. So – Interestingly, though, depending on how you make your coffee, like your light roast versus your medium versus your dark roast coffee, Mm -hmm. there's a chance that there could be a difference in the amount of caffeine that's in there. So light roast coffees can have more caffeine than dark roast coffees. That is so interesting to me because it's the exact opposite of what I would expect. I would expect 
dark roast coffees to have more caffeine than your light roast. See, and now that I know this information, I just take it as license to have more of my favorite oh, dark roast coffee. Yes, there you go. Um, now, one of the one of the tests that I read found that if you weighed your coffee beans, then they were going to have the same amount of caffeine. But if you scooped your coffee beans or your coffee grounds, which is what I do, I scoop, I don't weigh, I'm lazy, um, that's when your light roast will have more caffeine gotcha. than your dark roast. Okay. Okay. Well, so to wrap up, you possibly need one to four cups of coffee a day need for your mental health yes yes caffeinated is best um now if you are sensitive caffeine don't go and have four cups that that's caffeine tomorrow just because we said to that is true we did not talk about the fact that you know everybody responds to caffeine differently you also can build up a tolerance right Mm -hmm. to caffeine um so yeah don't don't go out drinking four cups if you're a decaf drinker but also don't feel guilty if you're a coffee lover and you know just be careful with what you add to your coffee because you've got such a great nutrient-rich beverage right but then you can you add milk and that reduces the absorption of polyphenols and then you add added sugars and that kind of stuff so um anyway be mindful maybe try bulletproof coffee or if that appeals to you don't force yourself with the mushroom coffees but if you like it you do you i'll be waiting on that video of will trying mushroom coffee make sure you post that fortunately i think that when he does ever listen to the podcast he doesn't necessarily get all the way to the end no i bet he doesn't and his parents would probably find this really humorous so when they get all the way to the end they're definitely not going to tell him about it so I think that even if I don't go home and do it immediately, we, I've, I've bought myself some time yeah, to try it out. Okay. okay. Well, thank you for pulling this together to show the show together this week. I mean, thank you for helping. Sure. Anyway, we'll be back next week with something else fun. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for the Happy Eating Podcast. I'm Briarly Horton. And I'm Carolyn Williams. If you liked this week's episode, then don't forget to rate and leave us a review on iTunes. And be sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll never miss a new episode. We can't wait to have you back at our table next week for a brand new episode. Bye. Bye. The contents discussed in the Happy Eating Podcast, such as advice, studies, text, graphics, images, and other material discussed or presented on the site or podcast are for informational purposes only. Content is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your mental health professional or other qualified health providers with any questions you may have regarding your condition. Never disregard professional advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on the Happy Eating Podcast. If you are in crisis or think you may have an emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately. If you're having suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK, that's 8255, to talk to a skilled, trained counselor at the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. If you are located outside the United States, call your local emergency line immediately.